Welcome back to the Philip DeFranco Show. It is Tuesday, April 27th, 2021. Hit that like button. Definitely subscribe. A random new subscriber for the month of April at the end of the month will win $5,000. Also, friendly reminder, you now have just six days left if you want to snag something from the brand new shopdefranco.com drop. One day we'll all be skeletons, emotionally exhausted. Don't be stupid, stupid on so many things. Thank you for making this the biggest drop we have ever done to date. But uh, yeah, with that said, let's just jump into it. And what we're jumping into is hot tubs on Twitch. So while Twitch is primarily known as being the streaming destination for all things gaming, it also has an absolutely massive just chatting section. You know, there you have people that are doing things like uh, talk shows. They're, they're just commenting and, and watching things on the internet. And then you have the uh, scantily clad female streamers. And there's been a big debate around that. And all of this basically stemming back to what women are and are not allowed to wear on the platform. And specifically what we're talking about today are streams that involve people, primarily women, sitting in a hot tub in a bathing suit while talking to viewers. And the thing to understand is that this is allowed by Twitch's rules because while generally they do not allow partial nudity, they do allow contextual exceptions. Like if you are in a setting where a swimsuit is normal attire, so long as the swimsuit falls in line with their coverage standards. And a slew of female streamers saw this exception and were like, all right, let's go. And doing these hot tub streams has made some people incredibly successful. People like Indie Fox, who have gained large followings regularly doing this, though she's also faced ban. You also have female streamers like Amaranth kind of becoming the, the poster child of this scandal if you look at certain publications. Though, of course, this situation is not without controversy because you have some people saying that these streams are sort of tasteless or a death to Twitch. Some saying it's not fair for other streamers that they're taking away viewers. And you have others saying these women should be able to do what they want, that the criticisms are just people slut shaming or being anti-women. Though, we've also seen big names getting involved like XQC who tweeted, I'm gonna be honest, this hot tub meta is by far the most pathetic thing we've seen on Twitch in forever. What a sad reality. Please get this trash off the front page. But you have others like Hillary Pocket Nicole saying, we live in a world where it's okay for men to sexualize women in media all the time. The minute a woman owns her own sexuality is somehow gasp, immoral, stop it. Meanwhile, you have other people like Daphne saying, it's not fair to hate on the women who are doing this, right? You can disagree with it, but saying it's Twitch's job to have rules and for Twitch's job to enforce rules, but they do so inconsistently. And also saying it's not really a big issue. People eventually get bored of the these things anyway. And in fact, some are already saying that these hot tub streams are dying down, but it still has sparked a conversation about sexual content on the platform in general. Right? For example, you had Swedish streamer Annie Fuchsia going viral for her take on the situation. Right In the clip, she pulls up a photo of a streamer on Twitch who was dressed in what appears to be kind of lingerie or a lingerie adjacent outfit, explaining that during that creator stream, she was doing yoga, jumping on a trampoline and adding, I don't know, like we are, we're meant to see this as normal things, IRL. Like we're not this is like no big deal, right? And I think when we have these things as like no big deal, that means when you have actual porn, it has to become so much more hardcore to be counted as porn. Later adding that sometimes sexual content is just expected of women, right? And in this debate, people saying, yeah, if you keep normalizing it, people are gonna say, well, why aren't these other female streamers doing it? And ultimately with this story, as far as my opinion, I think it comes down to two things and I'm probably gonna get shit for this. One, the policing of female bodies in general, which is a constant thing we see in so many different facets of our society. And two, a private company with rules that they make and enforce. And if as is, there is a loophole, whether intended or not, that allows these female streamers to do this, or really any streamer to do this, props. You figured out a way to maximize everything within the lines of the terms and service, and it's helping you thrive, props to you. Actually, if you think that's a surprising take from me, then you haven't been watching me long enough. You know, my show over a decade ago was a completely different, disgusting monster beast of a Philip DeFranco show. One of the ways it was different is I got massive views because I put very attractive and often scantily clad women in my thumbnail. So how am I, as someone that personally benefited and gained off of the bodies of women, 
ever going to have an opinion that's like, women shouldn't be able to do that with their body. In my eyes, that's just them taking the power back, having the control. And like most of my opinions, if you're not hurting somebody else, you do you, baby boy, you do you, baby girl. Which, actually, when looking further into this, I mean, one of the biggest female streamers on any platform, Valkyrie, had a similar opinion when talking about the space. So I just, I just don't get what the issue is. If no one's hurting anyone, why, what's the issue? I don't get it. But where I think things get muddy for me, cloudy for me, where maybe I'm the most sensitive and I try to kind of take in more information. But you know, when you have female streamers speaking up saying that the rise of the scantily clad women in hot tubs, especially if they're doing kind of sexualized content, right? they're dressed like that and then they're doing stuff like jumping on the trampoline and doing yoga and certain poses as a way to show. That blowing up and becoming more normalized could also normalize people going to their streams where they don't do that and expecting it. But there you'll have people pushing back saying, well, that's more of a, an audience moderation problem. If people want what you're not offering and they're being rude about it, just kick them out. But also the argument against that is if Twitch is just putting your stream and that other stream right next to each other because you're both listed as just chat, then uh, what do you do? I mean, really, I'd love to just know any and all thoughts you have on this because I'm still digesting it. But yeah, where I stand now, I don't have a problem with any of these streamers. And actually, even if you are angry, I, I could understand you being angry at Twitch because they could have finished this off. They could have killed this, this whole issue off uh, yesterday. And when I see these streamers, these third-party contractor partners, I mean, I, I don't see them doing anything that I wouldn't do if I was in their position. I mean, if we're being honest with one another, if I was a young, attractive woman on the internet now, you probably would've already seen my butthole. Are you kidding me? Have you seen the size of the bags some of these girls have been getting? There's just not a big enough market as is, or I'm about to find out in a very uncomfortable way that there is. And I'm gonna have to make some really important life decisions soon. I mean, I've always wanted a private jet. I mean, owning a yacht would be cool. No, news, news coverage. That's what I do. Tell me your opinion on the story, not not what I the last 30 seconds. Thank you. From that, I want to take a second to pay some bills and thank the fantastic sponsor of today's show, Real Paper. You know, living sustainably really isn't that difficult or complicated, but it can be intimidating to start, and that is where Real Paper makes it simple. With Real Paper, you get eco-friendly toilet paper and paper towels delivered straight to your door, creating an opportunity for an easy step towards a more sustainable home. And what's great is that there's absolutely no sacrifice in quality. It is still strong, soft, and since it's made from bamboo, you can feel better not harming the earth. And did I mention that they ship directly to your home for free if you subscribe? But best of all, for every roll purchased, Real Paper donates to Soil, a nonprofit in Haiti that provides clean sanitation to those in need. And to get you started, Real Paper is offering 25% off your first order when you use code Phil. So be sure to click that link down below or head on over to realpaper.com Franco and use code Phil to do some good for the environment and a little for yourself in the process. Then for today's edition of Policing Caught on Tape, we should definitely talk about people across the country expressing massive outrage over an excessive use of force incident that happened last year involving Colorado police and a 73-year-old woman. All right, so the arrest in question happened on June 26th after Walmart employees called to report that a woman by the name of Karen Garner had walked out of the store without paying for about $13 worth of items. But Garner's family says that she has dementia and sensory aphasia, which impairs her ability to communicate and understand. And so they believe that she just forgot to pay for the items which employees made her leave at the store and refused to let her pay for. Body cam footage also shows officers spotting Garner as she's walking home on a nearby road, but doesn't appear to understand what's going on and tries to keep walking. And we see within 30 seconds of making contact, a responding officer brought her to the ground. Officers aggressively handcuff her, force her into a police cruiser, and allegedly use a hobble to restrain her feet at one point. And while doing all of this, they reportedly fractured her arm, dislocated her shoulder, and left her with other bruises. During the arrest, you even see witnesses stopping to ask if police had to be so aggressive with her. Wait. What? 
what are you doing? Get out of here. And while this happened last year, all of this body cam footage just came out earlier this month after Garner's family filed a federal suit for excessive force and violations of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And in the suit, they claim that four police officers involved knew that she was injured but failed to take her to the hospital, call her family, or call for mental health professionals after clearly using strong force against someone who might be mentally ill. And instead, they left her handcuffed in a jail cell for six hours as she cried out in pain. And so with all this, according to Garner's attorney, the DA's office quickly dropped all the charges against her once learning what had happened. And after the footage came out, the Loveland Police Department said that the arresting officer, Austin Hopp, was placed on administrative leave. With the second officer seen in the video, Daria Jalali, reassigned to administrative duties while authorities investigate the incident. And you've got the 8th Judicial District Attorney saying last week that he's going to investigate whether the officers broke any criminal laws. But the story also doesn't end there because yesterday new footage was released by Garner's lawyer. The video showing officers carrying her into a cell where they reportedly handcuffed her to a bench. They then move over to computers nearby where they laugh as they rehash what happened. They even watch the body cam footage back with the arresting officer saying ready for the pop and acknowledging that he thought that it came from her shoulder. Plus, we also saw this exchange as they watched the arrest. Now, as of recording this video, the department has not made a statement on this new footage, but uh, if you want some advice, uh, the, the proper response would be, wow, that's fucked. And then as far as what's happening with Garner, where is she? Her lawyers say that since the arrest, she barely communicates now and was left suffering more anxiety and worse dementia symptoms. But yeah, ultimately that is where we are right now. We're gonna have to wait to see what happens, if there's any more information, if anyone will actually be held accountable. And then we should definitely talk about the US Census because the US Census Bureau released the totals of the 2020 count yesterday. You know, this is very big news because this will determine how congressional seats, electoral votes, and billions of dollars in federal funding are allocated for the next decade. Right, so all in all, seven districts in total will be moved from one state to another based on population changes. Starting with the gainers, we saw Colorado, Florida, Montana, North Carolina, and Oregon each getting one seat while Texas took the grand prize of two. And as for the seven states that lost seats, you had California, Illinois, Michigan, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And you know, with this, there are a few main overarching takeaways. So let's try and break that down. First up, these new numbers show us that US population growth has slowed drastically. Over the last 10 years, the U.S. population has grown at the second lowest rate since the census count began back in 1790. A fact that experts say was driven by a slowdown in immigration and declining birth rates, but at the same time, those new numbers support trends that we are already seeing. Right, for instance, since the 1940s, New York has steadily lost seats while Florida has steadily gained them until they each held 27 after the 2010 census. But now, Florida has actually officially surpassed New York to claim the third most congressional seats in electoral votes after California and Texas. And uh, this is one of the craziest things to me. Census Bureau officials actually said that if just 89 more people had been counted in New York, the state would have not lost the seat. That's how close it was. Also, in addition to keeping with expected trends, there were also a number of surprises. Right, demographers had widely expected Arizona to gain a seat, which it did not, as well as Rhode Island to lose a seat, which it kept. Also, while yes, Florida and Texas did gain seats, they were actually expected to gain more than they did. And here's the thing, while well, gaining a seat here, losing a seat there, it, it, it's very minimal. One of the biggest opportunities that comes after a census is redrawing district lines. And this is especially true for Republican-led states. Right, for example, while several Democratic states have created independent nonpartisan commissions to draw district lines, five of the new seven allocated districts are going to states where the GOP completely controls redistricting, which will very likely help Republicans draw House maps for 2022 that could increase their chances to win back the five seats they need to regain the majority. But uh, also understand both the redistricting process and the allocation of federal funds cannot be completed until the census data about race, ethnicity, age, and sex is released. Right, so all of this isn't happening immediately. You have the Bureau saying they won't publish that information until August. Right, this large 
largely because the whole census is behind schedule. It's one of the most embattled census counts in decades. In addition to it happening at a time of a historic pandemic, the agency also faced unprecedented jerking around from the Trump administration. This also happening while the accuracy of the demographic data has been called into question by some due to concerns about how certain historically undercounted groups were counted, especially with a lack of door knockers during this pandemic and the shortened timeline. And then, I mean, of course, there is the possibility of lawsuits over the numbers and the existing lawsuits over the other aspects of the census. And I mean, it's all just a ridiculous mess, but uh, a ridiculous mess you should pay attention to because I mean, 2022 and 2024 are just around the corner. I hate to say that. I know a lot of you feel like you just caught your breath, but I mean, this is this is life right now. And ultimately with this story and honestly, anything that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in those comments down below because this brings us to the end of today's show. As always, thank you for watching, like, and hitting that subscribe button, all the good stuff. Remember, you only have six days left if you want to snag something from the brand new shoptofranco.com drop, then everything goes away. If you're looking for more to watch, I'll get you covered here or in the top links down below with some news or my brand new podcast. But with that said, of course, as always, my name's Philip DeFranco. You've just been filled in. I love yo faces and I'll see you tomorrow.